This is Soul Saturations, the podcast, a transformational container to activate the light within you. I'm Kendall Merritt, your host and the founder of Soul Saturations. We are here to deeply connect with soul-centered sensuality and sexuality in relationships, business, and life so you can access your power and remember your true presence. Welcome back to another episode of the Sexy Soul Series. I'm Kendall Merritt, the host of Soul Saturations, the podcast. And I'm Kelsey Valletta, host of the Find Your Sexy podcast. We are so honored to have you here today. And as always, we want to take a moment to honor the energy and drop into the present moment. So if you are able to, I invite you to close your eyes and get centered within yourself. As you take a few deep breaths, just start to scan your physical body from the crown of your head all the way down to your toes. What sensations are present? What do you notice about your energy, about your thoughts? Where are you holding any tension or places of contraction? Where do you feel pleasure in your body? What feels really good? Just start to notice without judgment what's present for you here now. As you take a few more deep breaths, Start to ground into your energetic container, your presence, your power. We call on our guides that are of only the light, and we ask to cleanse, clear, and release any energies that are not of only the highest, and we lovingly and deliberately return them back to source. We ask to call back our power from wherever it may be, whether that's social media, our emails and to-do lists, our friends, our family, and lovingly bring all of this energy back to you. Feel yourself recharged and energized and fully whole in all that you are. We ask to be in service of the highest and greatest good for all beings in what we are creating for ourselves and others in this lifetime across all time, space, reality, and dimension. We are so grateful to be here now for all of our gifts that are currently in our awareness and those that are still coming to us. We are so grateful to be here with you today and to create this powerful container of love, light, and transformation. We do this with so much love and so much gratitude. And so it is. And so it is. All right. Hello. Hi. It's so great to be back. It's so great to be back and getting to see your face. And I love what we're going to be talking about today, which is effective communication and self-reflection and why the two of them have to coexist together. So do you want to start by sharing, you know, cause I know this was like, you were like, we can't talk about communication without talking about self-reflection, which of course, and I love that. Do you want to take a second to explain why the two go hand in hand? Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I think, This idea of communication has been showing up a lot. I 
um, have another beautiful co-creation where I work with katieminky.com. And so the month of May, we are talking all about communication um, and divinely timed. It's been coming up a lot with my clients and who I'm working with. And this piece about being an effective communicator, I want to show up. I want to be better in my communication. I want to make sure that I'm being an effective communicator. Well, we have to go back to that idea of self-reflection. If we're not self-reflecting, if we don't have self-awareness, then how do we actually effectively communicate what we want? And I think one of the things that's been coming up a lot is people don't think they have enough time, A, to have conversations that are maybe sometimes challenging to be effective in their in their communication. So they're, they're running up against this idea of like, I don't have time to have that conversation. So I'll just let it go. Which is so interesting because more often than not, the, when we learn how to effectively communicate, I'm no, we'll get into this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take that long. It doesn't take as long as we think. And actually we end up wasting more time because if we're not effectively communicating, usually that leads up to an argument or something that's going to take up more time than us just effectively communicating our thoughts or needs to begin with. Yeah. And I think that's so true because our self-reflection creates a container around those things that we want to focus on. So when we can self-reflect and create a container, it allows us to focus our energy where it needs to go. So that idea that you bring up of like, when we actually do self-reflect, know what we want to communicate, integrate the this effective communication, we can be a lot more efficient. And when we're not taking that time to self-reflect first, we tend to be like, oh, this isn't important, or I don't have time to deal with this. I'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. But our thoughts are still going there. So our energy is still leaking into that place. And if we're not taking the time to really honor ourselves honor our own energy and create that space of self-reflection, we're just leaking out our energy in lots of different ways. So this can show up at work where we're not being as effective or producing as much as we need to. This can show up in relationships when we are maybe spending time with the person that we're dating or partners and we're thinking about other things that we need to do where we, when we can really protect that space of self-reflection, then we get to show up fully and wholly in all that we do so that our communication is more effective. I was literally just having a a conversation with a girlfriend this morning about uh, a guy that she just recently started dating. And she was telling me about like their first, not even argument, but misunderstanding, I guess we'll say. Mm -hmm. And it was because she had an expectation for something that he should do for her and didn't express what her expectation was, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But before they actually had a conversation and communicated about it, she did some self-reflecting to take responsibility and acknowledge the fact that, A, this is what she was expecting from him, which she, B, never communicated, and C, why was she just expecting that from Mm. him. So by the time they had a conversation about, you know, her obvious, her obvious like demeanor of being upset, she immediately was able to take responsibility and be like, look, this is what was going through my mind. I realized that this is what I was, the way I was thinking, what I was expecting. And 
you know, then effectively communicated to her how she wants her partner to show up for her. And that is just so beautiful that this happens to be what we're talking about today. And she just gave this example because really that they wouldn't have gotten there without that self-reflection piece. Yeah. And I think the key piece in that self-reflection is taking responsibility for Mm -hmm. what, what's your part in communication. So (laughs) have you ever heard that saying where um, oftentimes it comes from a parent saying, oh, well, because I told you so, why should I do this? Because I told you so, or I said it, so it is. But I think that when we look at effective communication, we as the communicator are responsible for how our message is received by the other person. And taking that time to self-reflect allows us to really look at the responsibility. And then we can integrate all the energy pieces too, where we look at the way that our programming and the way that we see the world, the way that we view the world and think about things really puts a particular lens in front of us of how we see things, how we experience things and how we actually communicate about things. So going back to reflect on that piece of responsibility is so powerful because then it allows us to separate what's, what's our past programming, what's actually happening and what do we need to move forward? Yeah. Oh, I love, I love that. What has been your experience with learning how to be the best communicator you can be and doing the self-reflection that is required in that process. Yeah. I think one of my biggest experiences in learning how to be a really effective communicator is really learning to a slow down and just take the time to listen because when we can listen and receive and take information in and not be thinking about how should I respond to this, we actually get to pick up a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that has been a big game changer for me is learning when to say, I need to take a pause before we continue this conversation. Because sometimes things will get triggered or you'll get elevated or activated around a particular experience, or you may just need some more time to process it and do the self-reflection. And so you can kind of get yourself into a tailspin if you're not asking for that place of like, Hey, I need a pause. I need a moment to actually think about what I want to say. And this has shown up for me in a number of different ways where I would kind of get into partnerships or relationships and just kind of talk off the fly, but without really having that clear direction of where I wanted to go. So things would get confused or it would, um, it wouldn't land on the way that I wanted to, or in business, it would happen where I would be talking about a particular proposal or a contract or something that I'm working on. And without actually saying, Hey, that's a lot of great information. Let me sit with that and process and see how we can best move forward. I would not be able to be as effective in what I would be able to create for my clients because I'm trying to create on the fly versus giving myself the space that I need to really reflect. So what about you? What comes up for you with your ideas of learning how to effectively communicate? Well, first, I just want to say, I love that you brought up the importance of really stopping to listen, because I do think that uh, that is an extremely important step in self-reflection in general, right? Like understanding that so many of us often are just waiting to talk next instead of actually listening to people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because usually 
everything we need to know is in what people are, are telling us they need and, and realizing the need to take a, take a pause and reflect and let yourself like digest everything before you continue on with the conversation. I think those are two things that I really had to learn throughout my life as well. I know for me, um, man, I, I had to do a lot of, a lot of work around this because I love my family, but I did not come from, you know, a line of great communicators. Mm -hmm. I came from, you know, grandparents who are, don't, don't really talk about it. Don't really talk about it. So from the get go, you sort of feel like, uh, it's difficult to speak up about things and begin a dialogue around needs or questions. Um, and I never had an excellent example of effective communication either. So for me, I, I really would say that the, what I really needed, and I think that is like the magic sauce and what we're talking about is the self-reflection because I think it's very difficult to have an effective conversation, whatever the goal is of the conversation. I think it's really difficult to communicate your needs or expectations if you don't really understand what they are in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think for so much of my life, whether it was in relationships or in jobs or with family members, I had this need of, I've always been a talker. I've always been like, if there's a problem or conflict or anything, let's, let's figure it out right now. Let's talk about it. I'll talk your ear off. Like, let's talk. We're not going to go to bed angry, but for so long, I didn't understand what I really needed. So I just would keep talking about it. And oftentimes that would lead to just wanting to please. So the conflict or was, was gone or that we came to some sort of resolution, But at the end of the day, I still didn't feel heard or understood or like I was getting my needs met. So it wasn't until I really took the time and did a lot of self-reflection on what it is that I need, what expectations I have from myself, from, from partners, from other relationships, jobs, whatever it may be. That way, I know exactly what my boundaries are and I know exactly what the goal is from a conversation when, when that time arises, like that was the game changer for me because Mm it, I really think it's hard to have effective communication. You can have communication, but I don't know (laughs) if it's going to be effective unless you've done the self-reflection, which just Mm -hmm. is more proof of why these two are so closely intertwined. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I think you bring up such a good point of thinking about what do you need? And when we can reflect on what is it that we really need at the core of things, it does allow us to be more effective in how we communicate that. And um, I think one of the things that can get tricky is when we're crossing thoughts versus feelings versus desires versus needs, Right. So we have those kind of core needs, those things that we we really need to be honored in partnership and relationship, um, 
whether that's a romantic partnership or a relationship with anybody else out in the world, we have certain things that we need, but we can also have these desires that come underneath, uh, underneath that or alongside with those needs. And so being able to kind of tease apart the two things and being able to look at, okay, if this need is being met, how does that also serve this desire? Or how do I kind of connect those different pieces? And so a framework that I've been taught that is so useful is being able to really look at a simple communication structure. So for example, when you, so let's say we're talking about whatever your friend and their this new partner, right? So it would be when you, whatever the situation was, I think, so that's a thought. A thought is more of a sentence, a continuing thought. I think you're not respecting me. You don't want to meet my expectations. You don't care about me. Those are all thoughts. Then you could say, I feel. So the feeling is I felt dropped. I felt hurt. I was really sad. I was angry, but underneath that, I was really sad. Whatever those things are, being able to articulate what the feeling was associated with that. And feelings tend to be one or two words. They're more, they're associated with the feeling. So when you, I think, I feel, then you can go into the, what I desire and what I was afraid of. So sometimes when we are, really looking at that effective communication, part of that taking responsibility is I was afraid that you didn't actually want to go out with me or you didn't want to spend time with me. And what I really desire is just more effective communication on the front end. So when you, I think I feel what your desire is and what your fear underneath it is so that you're really creating this beautiful picture of helping you sort through all of the craziness that goes on in your brain so that you can effectively communicate that. And that helps you get to those core needs of what actually needs to happen. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I feel like that is such an incredible tool that, that people will utilize because I know that, you know, I, I had to really talk about this and learn communication skills going to therapy. Right. And I think, I think unless, unless somebody has intentionally sought out the guidance around how to begin to be a more effective communicator, like it's, it's hard to understand where to start and what will actually help. So that framework is such an excellent tool for anybody who's just wanting to be a more effective communicator in any of their relationships in life, because that, that is so simple. And it's something that we can all do, right. Is identify what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we desire and what, what What we're afraid of and what we're we're afraid afraid of. of. Yeah. And And that responsibility aspect mm -hmm. of acknowledging like, Oh, this is what I was actually afraid of, which is why all the other things this happened. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a really simple example, and it's a very real example. I use this with my partner, Matt, is when he will be on his phone at dinner, right? So a typical way of communicating is like, like, 
jerk, like put your phone away, whatever that is. And it, it doesn't always come from that heart open place. So I think that's the other piece about effective communication is communicating from a really heart open place when we're being able to say I'm communicating so that I can serve love. That's really important. So whatever your traditional response is, whether it's like throwing a piece of food at him or whatever that is while he's <laughs> on his phone, right? So instead being able to say, okay, if I want to have some healthy and effective communication here, I can say, hey, babe, when you're on your phone, when we're at dinner, it makes me think you fucking asshole. Do you not even want to spend time with me at dinner anyways? Like, why am I wasting my time having a conversation with you if you're going to be on your phone? And I feel really pissed at first But underneath that, I'm just hurt. I'm sad that you don't want to spend time with me. And my fear is that I'm not important enough for you to prioritize this time together. And what I'm really desiring from you is that when we can sit and have dinner together, that you don't use your phone so that we can actually have that heart-centered connection. So it takes the whole picture and makes it so much easier to digest. And when I'm coming from a place of what's going to serve love in the moment, then I'm saying it with my heart open and I'm not being frustrated because that's the other piece about communication. I think when we haven't taken that self-reflection or we haven't taken the time to think about how to effectively communicate, if we communicate with our heart closed, we may be saying the right words, to effectively communicate, but our energy behind it has some of that kind of disconnection piece. I was going to say, I could even feel like, feel your heart and that, and you Mm. giving that example, I could feel it where, you know, if, if you're still saying all the right things, but your heart is closed off, it will feel different on the Mm. receiving end. Um, Question is one of your love languages, quality time. Actually, my number one love language is touch. I figured physical touch, Mm -hmm. physical touch is number one. And then quality time is one of my top two or three, I think. Yeah. I think as you were saying that I was thinking, you know, I think such another, such another, another, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's been a long day already. Um, another really helpful tool is to understand what your love language is. Not even, Mm. this doesn't even need to be used just in romantic partnerships, but understanding what your love language is so you can learn how to communicate that to the people in your life. Because Matt, knowing that one of your top love languages is quality time and you articulating to him how important it is to you that when the two of you are together, you really are together and present with each other. Like you're able to communicate why that's so important to you and why that time together helps you feel like you are giving and receiving love in the most effective way which I feel like is, is so helpful to ter- to determine in any relationship that we have, right? Like whether it's with um, your mother or, um, or your child, right? Like being able to, uh, to figure out why it bothers you so much that they're on the phone because some people, they don't, they don't that won't bother them. They don't care. They're like, sure, I'll be on my phone during dinner too. And then we'll do something after dinner they might have completely different love languages mm-hmm. than you and I who, who really prioritize quality time. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And something that you said is it's, it's not just about receiving the love that you want. It's about right. giving too. Exactly. And so when we can understand 
how a person is most going to receive that and we can gift that to them, that actually becomes really nourishing and healing for us too in that space. So I love that. Well, what other tips do you have on effective and efficient and heart centered communication? Communication. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, Let me think. I feel like we've covered so much in such a short amount of time of (laughs) really like tips and like tangible tools that we've learned. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say like, at first it can be scary. Mm -hmm. And this kind of relates back to what you brought up at the beginning of, of our conversation of, you know, we feel like it's going to take up so much time to have these conversations, but just know that at the end of the day, I believe like you need to do what feels right in your body. And I know that for me, if I'm not at this point in my life, effectively communicating my needs, my wants, my desires, my expectations, my boundaries, it just doesn't feel as good. Like, like something in me feels icky. Like that's the best, that's like the best way I can describe it. Icky. So I'm at the point now where like, it's, it's for the best health of all of the relationships in my life to decide to effectively communicate any of those wants, needs, expectations, frustrations mm-hmm. when they first arise. Otherwise it's going to build up and it's going to come to a head and just create more conflict, take up more time, cause more heartbreak, frustration, later, later down the road. And like your future self doesn't want that. She doesn't deserve that. Whoever, whoever this conversation is happening with, they don't want that either. So Mm -hmm. just know that it's okay to speak up and it's okay to communicate whatever these things are that you want, need, desire, expect any of those things. It's that person will respect you telling them exactly how you're feeling. Yes. I think that it's not this scary thing that we think that it's going to be because mm-hmm. once you do it, you really get to experience how, e- how much easier it really makes life. Like effective communication, again, once you've done the self-reflection really makes life so much easier and like yeah. life is difficult enough. Like we don't need to be making things harder for ourselves than they already are. Yeah. I love that you brought this up of like why people don't want to, or think that communication can be scary. And this is something I was coaching a client on literally right before this is, um, she felt like she didn't want to take the time to self-reflect because she was going to see her patterns. She was going to really like have to take responsibility, but then that brings the question of why do you feel like you want to continue exactly the way that you're continuing. And I love that you said that of like, it just doesn't feel good in your body. Having that self-awareness to reflect of like, what are the sensations present? If your heart is feeling constricted because you're not communicating something and you're noticing that your energy and your thoughts keep going back to that same thing. Well, it's healthier for you and for the other person who's part of the situation to do the reflection 
take ownership, take accountability, and that's showing up as a gift so that you can create change, so that you can then evolve as a human being, as a person on the planet, trying to bring light onto the planet. It gives you so much of a gift to be able to do that, not only for yourself, but for the other person. And so, yes, sometimes it's really scary to take that time to self-reflect or even have these conversations. Because when you sit down and you say, hey, I want to talk to you about something, that can feel really vulnerable and really scary to, especially maybe to start the conversation, to lead it, but know that the reason why we're communicating effectively is that it's a gift. It's a gift for your own evolution as a soul, but also just the way that it feels in your physical body and the way that it's going to serve and honor the other person and love and light on the planet. Yeah. You know, you made me think of one more tip that I wanted to share, which is, you know, to always ask like whoever it is that you want to have a conversation with always ask, like, is now a good time for us to have a quick chat because it might be a good time for you. But if that person does not feel like they're in the right headspace, like that conversation could go in a totally different direction than either of you want it to go unless both of you feel ready to have a present conversation. So I always just say like, just checking in with the person saying is now a good time. Do you have five, 10 minutes right now for us to just talk about something? Yeah. Don't, yeah. Please don't like text someone and be like, we need to talk. Can we talk tomorrow at one? Like imagine how that would make, I don't know about you, but I'd be like, uh, the whole next, that whole day I'd be like, Oh my God, what do we have to talk about? Like that, that's not a, that's not, I would say that that's probably not a heart centered response. That's probably not speaking from an open heart. Um, but always just checking in and making sure you're both ready to show up and have the conversation. Yeah. I love that. Um, so glad you brought that up because we definitely needed to (laughs) integrate that in here, but being able to say is now a good time where, like, I want to have a conversation with you. So one of the things that I teach is if there is a charge or something that you need to talk about, making sure you're doing the self-reflection for it too. And then saying like, Hey, I want to have an intentional conversation with you and making time within 24 hours to try and block that. So like when would be a good time to chat for your schedule within 24 hours? Exactly. I love that. I love it. We love Queens who learn how to effectively communicate. Yep. Like my <laughs> little puppy who's barking in the other room. She's like quite the effective Mom! communicator. Mom, Mom! <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's happening right now. So amazing. Well, that feels like such a beautiful place to put a little bow on this. So just to wrap it up with effective communication, remembering it's okay to be brave, to tie back to what we talked about last month, be brave and take the time to self-reflect and take responsibility for how you feel about things using simple structures. Like when you, I think I feel, um, I, my fear is, and my desire is the other fun piece you can throw in there is I want to. So like, I want to shut down, run away, throw something at you, et cetera, et cetera, (laughs) whatever those things are. So those little snippets, we we can put those in the show notes for you to refer back to, but using a simple structure can help you feel really confident in that and making sure you are asking someone if they're available to chat. Give lots of tips. Did we, did I miss? I know that's, I mean, lots. Yeah. That's (laughs) like the main point. Absolutely. So I think that it's safe to say we all could use a little bit more self-reflection after, after this episode. And at the end of the day, 
It's going to help us communicate better and make our lives easier. Mm. And that's something that we all deserve. Yeah, we all deserve it. Exactly. You deserve that. Amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. We can't wait to hear what you're going to be communicating about. So let us know if you have any questions or you need support coming up with more effective ways to communicate. Kelsey and I are both available to help walk you through that process. So we thank you so much for joining us and we can't wait to chat with you next time. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you loved this episode, I deeply appreciate you subscribing and leaving a five-star review. Come join me online at soulsaturations.com or follow me on Instagram at soulsaturations. Feel free to slide into my DMs anytime and let me know what you love, what resonates, or any questions that you might have. And remember, only you can activate the light within.